namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa uttang dhammang sangang namasami acharyang namami So, greetings to the assembly. As you probably noticed, I am not uh, Lumpur Samedo. <laughs> it's just uh, having a, a minor medical checkup. Nothing, no problem whatsoever. Just something routine. So he's uh, just resting up for the evening, and he'll be back with us tomorrow, if there is a tomorrow. So my, my greetings to the assembly, and um, you, those of you who are out in the uh, field are managing to find a comfortable enough abiding, and so this is, uh, itself is already a practice, just uh, uh, it's great to see so many people, you know, doing some renunciation, serious renunciation, and, uh, you know, no home comforts, uh, a piece of membrane nylon over your head and the rain pattering down and uh, your sleeping bag stuffed in one corner and there you are. You know, this is great. For me, it's great. <laughs> I'm inspired. Because <laughs> yeah, I got a nice warm room. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this itself is already practice, isn't it? You know, and you realize, yeah, you, you, you can do it. And once you're there, you're there. And well, right, here I am. You know, I've got this body, I've got this mind, breathing in, breathing out. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's quite a relief actually not to have so much stuff to look after, isn't it? I hope. And also the situation, you know, it's I also recommend, rec- recognize as quite a tremendous uh, uh, cultivation necessary to have 350, 400 people trying to operate together. You know, everybody's going to get the meal at the same time. That's, you know, that's challenging. You know, queuing up, uh, receiving what's offered, having to wait. You know, so those who are really using this as a training, as a cultivation, there is something definitely, it's not just an inconvenience. Uh, it's a training and it's a practice to, to restrain, to check, to think of the welfare of the group and realize there's a handful of people who've offered to try to steward things and they're not trying to lay some trip on anybody they're just trying to make it work so you practice cooperating you know and just okay you can't get your own way immediately but that's you know there's a bigger thing than one's own way and it's the welfare of the group once we practice like this we really become sangha this is what it is this is how it is for the bhikkhus and the siddhara and so forth we will come in and we just, the seat is there, you sit on it. You don't decide where you're going to sit, what cushion you want, who's sitting next to you, <laughs> whether you like it or not, you just sit on your seat. <laughs> when they ring the bell, you get up. <laughs> and you queue up and you've do, been doing this for years, so it's become very, you know, as we do it, we've, we've got used to it. We found, yeah, at first there is a distinct challenge because the me, my way, you know, I see things this way. 
and I don't see why you should have to do that your way, uh, and so on. And it's just that friction of feeling one's normal inclinations checked. And then that certainly that's uncomfortable, but that is practice. Yeah. That's not getting in the way of practice. It is practice, is to meet that discomfort, you know, that checking, that having to wait, that having to take time. And instead of feeling frustrated by it, oh, relax. You're okay. You know, we're here, for, everybody's here, you're respected, your welfare is considered. You know, and then the people who tune into that, you really get a tremendous sense of freedom from that. This is why we do it this way. We're not people who are necessarily into being obedient just for the sake of it, I assure you. We are surly rebellious at heart. (laughs) (laughs) And we have found out the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's important to remember this because generally when people come to retreat, they go, oh, I'll sort of get my mind sorted out, find some calm. Practice is being with 300 other people. Right? Because that's chaos. That's because we're in chaotic systems. You never know when you need to go and take, go to the toilet. You can't tell your body to wait until 10.30. <laughs> You, you know, people forget where they're going, uh, people make mistakes, uh, you forgot where your hat was, you put your shoes in the wrong place. All this madly, you know, multiplied by 300 times, right? What have you got? You've got a tremendous place to just keep letting go, letting go, take your time, remember what you need to remember, don't, you know, don't you know, pay attention. This is practice. And just living like this, itself is considered, well, that's meditation. That already is it. Yeah, and just use the sitting in silence just to help to understand what's, been, what's occurred, where you've met friction, where you've held on, where you felt annoyed, where you felt bullied, whether you felt somebody was making too much noise, the things your mind complains about, the irregular hours, what's happening in your body, and just sit with that and just keep opening opening, releasing, opening. Because right there, at that place, we're turning something around. We're turning something around. And that is a transformation. It's not like I go and have an experience and then I go home having had a wonderful experience. No, if you're into this, you come for transformation. You don't go home again. The person who goes home is not the person who arrived. If that's happened, great. The person who goes home is not the person who arrived. That's great. You know, something has shifted, something has dropped, and uh, something has become less intense, something's been less pushy, something's become less intimidated, something's been less obsessed with sense of everybody dislikes me. You know, if we manage to drop any of that, then our practice has been fruitful. You know? This is the stilling. Of sankaras. This is the relinquishment of acquisition. This is the destruction of craving. This is dispassion, leading to cessation. Little bits of you cease. Little bits of struggle, grasping, tightness, fearfulness, your will towards yourself, uh, snappiness, moodiness. Uh, bits start stop firing, 
when you recognize that which seemed to be me, so much built in, something I'd actually tried to push away and get away from and hope nobody noticed, suddenly came up right in my face. (laughs) And I had to sit with it and bear with it and find the skills to step back from that without repression, without fascination, with dispassion, and hold a frame of reference. This is body, this is mind, this is feeling. This is not self, it's just this. Give it time, it begins to release. Yeah, Suffering is an action that requires energy to keep it going. Eventually you get too tired to suffer. <laughs> you just get tired of fighting, complaining, bad-mouthing yourself. You just think, oh, just, just let it be. Something drops. A little bit, of, little bit of your landscape changes. You no longer got this inner chatter and inner tightness and pushiness and you know self-obsession. And uh, instead, there's something else. There's light, there's space, there's openness. And you start to feel strangely happy. That's strange. (laughs) I'm not happy because of something. I'm happy because of a bit more nothing has occurred. (laughs) And that's a transformation. It turns the mind around because it turns your attitudes around. You begin to see maybe this life wasn't about having some experience. Maybe this life is about letting go of experience. And realizing what was always here, as we've so often heard referred to. As it said, one of my, the things that runs through my mind occasionally like a mantra, it's been occurring because of Madame Rawadi, the deathless realm. Um, you know, there's this uh, saying that occurs several times in the suttas. Um, I can recall it now. <laughs> he turns his chitta, turns the chitta away from form, rupa, turns the chitta away from feeling pleasure pain, turns the jitter away from perception, impressions, those immediate flash hits that you get, immediate recognition impressions of pleasant, unpleasant, friendly, unfriendly, right, wrong, those immediate flashes you get, turns away from that, turns away from sankhara, the activations, the programs that start running when something hits you, like that. And out come the verbal programs. Out come the emotional programs. (laughs) (laughs) And out come the bodily programs, tension, passion, heat in the system, blood boils, pulses, face tightens up, being stiff. Chest sinks, shoulders collapse, you know. activations, programs, sankara, that uh, become us. 
We become the program. There we are in our in our program, running it once again. Yeah, he's always like this. She's never like that. I always get this. I never get that. Uh, I'm like this. People don't think this of me. They think that of me. You know, amazing program. It becomes our world. Triggered through what? Somebody looked at me the wrong way. Somebody said something unpleasant to me. And the world appears. Somebody didn't say something to me. <laughs> I got left out. Nobody respects me. After all the work I've done, I got left out. I worked damn hard for this program. <laughs> you know, victim program for me. Responsibility pro, I've got to do all this, I've got to make it all work, it's up to me. Martyr program. <laughs> and you know, you hear these things, oh dear, here it is again. You know? The fashion of feeling floods the body, floods the mind, you know? turns away from that. Takes some turning. Turns away from consciousness, eye consciousness, ear consciousness. Nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, body consciousness, mentality consciousness, turns away from that. And directs his chitta, his awareness, his, Paul's calling it consciousness, but often there can be a confusion between that and the sense consciousness, so I'll call it awareness, chitta, awareness, heart. Sometimes, often translated as mind, but it gets language is a problem. Chitta, your subjective, your sense of I before the adjectives start. Turns that, that knowingness, directs it to the deathless. This is beyond the sphere of reasoning. This is sublime. This is peaceful. A stilling of Sankara. The relinquishment of acquisitions. The destruction of craving. Dispassion. Ceasing. Nibbana. Worthwhile? Worth doing a bit of turning for. <laughs> How much is it worth? How much are you going to pay for it? Deathlessness. A bit of discomfort? Yeah, okay. A bit of not getting your way? Okay. A bit of having to wait? Okay. A bit of being treated unfairly? Okay. Of not being heard, okay. <laughs> Bit of things being too slow, okay. Bit of your mind misbehaving, okay. Bit of violent passion arising in your mind, okay. <laughs> feeling hum feeling humiliated, okay. Feeling you can't make it, okay. How much is it worth? How many of those things you get reacting to? How many things are you going to buy into of your programs and so forth? 
turn away? How much is it worth? What does it take? Even when one wishes to turn away. There's a big, big, um, this is a big topic. Deathlessness, not a small thing. Not just a matter of calming down a little bit. The stilling of sankharas. All those passions and tenacious habits of heart, of jealousy, greed, compulsiveness, impatience, restlessness, moaning, justifications, defensiveness, fear, anxiety, stilling. Take some doing. Huh? Yeah. And uh, what support is there for that? Being together supports it. Yeah, really bear in mind, uh, everybody is going to be getting this. <laughs> Nobody's getting away from this. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to be having some kind of struggle with their bodies, their pains in their bodies, their memories, uh, their hurt feelings, their difficult lifestyles, whatever. Everybody's getting some. So a little more compassion, uh, a little more patience, a little more openness. For others, definitely encouraging that quality in oneself. You open that quality of goodwill and compassion to the conditioned world as it appears around you. Yeah. And your people you see are not what you see. What you what they're experiencing is not what you see. They're experiencing karma, struggle, aspirations, the difficulties, the efforts. Some generosity of heart is definitely needed. If you cultivate that towards others, there's a strong likelihood it might happen to you you might be able to be a little more generous and compassionate to yourself. Because it's the same experience, the same set of programs that are occurring. Yeah. So there's a big payoff here when we begin to turn things around. And that's one way of turning it around. There's got to be a better response to suffering than, than moaning. <laughs> I mean, it takes a few years to get that one. Uh, so, you know, when I was a little little lad, I used to tantrums, tender ta- temper tantrums. By about age 60, I think I just got over it. <laughs> <laughs> I learned how to not show it so much, but it was still a little bit of a... <laughs> Things not going my way, quick enough. And that, that's the kind of, that's considered, I consider that's pretty good, you know, like grinding down that, uh, that tendency, you know, realizing this is not getting me anywhere. Yeah. It's not, like getting my own way isn't getting me anywhere useful. <laughs> it's getting me to the next traffic jam. <laughs> right? You ever see that? When you're driving, everybody rushing in their cars, hurry up to get to the next traffic jam. (laughs) 
And that's what getting your own ways are like. You think, oh, right, put my foot down, do a cut this guy up, barge on this guy, you know, break, you know, break the speed limit, jump the lights, hurry up. You save 12 seconds and you got to the next traffic jam quicker. <laughs> that's what getting your own ways are like. <laughs> yeah, you get a little bit, but then you get to the next traffic jam because the traffic jam is created by your refusal to your refusal get it? did you hear it? loud enough? Yeah. your refusal to flow with the change of conditions when they're slow you go slow when they're fast you go fast and you flow therefore there are no traffic jams things are flowing and sometimes you realize it's just time to park and wait so Breathing in, breathing out. Doesn't, you know, you can always do some of that. So this is the way you start to challenge those uh, tenacious sankharas. And that's the way you begin to turn it around. The three bases of sankhara, the vaji sankhara is the uh, verbal. It's all that those thoughts that we um, hear in a chatter, and of course the outer chatter, and the two go together. Vajji Sankara, verbalization, thought programs bubbling away. And one can rejoice in them, interesting thoughts, wonderful ideas, visions, funny thoughts, great jokes. You know. We can rejoice in them, and they rejoice in them make much of them, you end up getting enmeshed in them. So be cautious. Restraint is helpful. I've made a practice of not thinking about what I don't need to think about. Yeah. And I can think a lot. Not having to have an opinion about things, I don't need to. That takes some doing, because I can easily have an opinion. Yeah just don't need to have an opinion why put energy into it of course the thinking system that we are often confronted with in meditation is really just the tip of the iceberg it's just the froth on the surface of the sea and what's really more important and what, why there is so much of it is because of the jitta sankara which is the quality of impulse, intentionality volition, push, wish aspiration, craving Desire, uh, you know, everything that streams out, um, you know, ill will, and of course goodwill, different kinds of impulses, intentions, volitions, inclinations. And because of that, constantly bubbling, it's uh, this bubbling of it urges, it begins to speak, chat. And it's, sometimes it's confusing because you don't really wonder why there is so much thinking going on. Yeah. it's not even that much fun some of it's just twaddle you know <laughs> why is it going on because beneath that there's this bubbling heaving like the sea is heaving so there's this suds and froth coming up on it so one way to check you know you have a train of thought just what is the one word that sums up the mood of that train of thought is it happy? 
Is it complaining? Is it excited? Is it craving for something? What's the one word that sums it up? Is it nervous, anxious, frightened? Quite common. Okay, now you've got to it. Once you get that, you've got to, you found through just this process called deep attention or proper attention, you've pruned a thought down to the emotion that's causing it to rise. This is anxiety. That's why I'm always planning the future. This is why I'm always trying to figure out what I'm doing in May 2019, you know, and what would happen if this and what would happen if that. It's anxiety. This is why I'm still trying to figure out what food I'm going to give the dog on Friday morning. It's this feeling of I've got to keep some, everything sorted out and controlled and nice and steady because why? Because there's this underlying insecurity, uncertainty, lack of groundedness. Okay? Lack of trust, doubt. Now these are not accusations. It's not that you decided to do that. This is just what the virus that we've all been infected by called ignorance. Ignorance does weird things to a human being. <laughs> and one of the weird things it does, it makes them, it causes this mechanism clinging. Clinging to the future. Clinging to the past. Clinging to impressions of yourself. Clinging to impressions of others. Trying to get it all sorted. Trying to make it under control. Yeah. And as you know, it doesn't. Life keeps wiggling like a snake. And you just can't pin it down. It keeps shifting. So this is definitely, you know, when you can't do that, when it can't cling to that, it clings back. It says, well, because you're not trying hard enough, there's something wrong with you. You're not controlling your life. Must be something you're not doing right. You must be an ineffective person. Yeah, so the clinging whips round like a snake. It starts to bite you. This is what we're infected by. Yeah. But when you really see life as a natural process, can you tell a tr tr tree, I want you to grow this much today and this much tomorrow, and I want one leaf coming out of there, and I don't want those leaves to droop. Nice and straight. It's not going to happen, is it? And yet we can expect of an organic experience that this thing is, this body-mind is, it to come out nice and straight and clean and tidy at exactly the right time. It's not going to happen. Can you live with the chaos without feeling rattled by it? Can you find the balance of, well, just, just take it a moment at a time and well, here we go, you know? Just try to behave ethically, Morally, truthfully, kindly towards yourself and others. And that's the best it's going to be. There's no such thing as a secure job. There's no secure house. Nothing secure. Can you get it? Can you? Is that devastating? It's not there's something wrong with you. It just is that way. And the best thing you can do is learn to surf the chaos rather than go under it or freeze. And this itself takes some doing. And you start to look at why there's so much thinking, 
so much planning, so much complaining, so much criticism of oneself and others. You failed at the game of life. You can't get it together. You this, that, and the other. Because you try to hold it and make it a certain way. And sure, not only do we have all that have that virus, but the mainstream of the society is believing in that virus. You know, be happy. Be successful. Look, she's great. She's on the billboard, you know. Looking happy and successful. She's sorted out. The successful people are sorted out. But they don't exist. <laughs> They're just images. You know? And you find out some, you know, high-flying, successful, smooth, effective, business-like person has got a substance abuse problem or beats his kids up or ends up jumping out of a window, <laughs> cracking up. <laughs> yeah. Because the amount of gripping and control they've needed to try and you know, make it steady has caused the system just to malfunction. And that's what happens. People basically crack up. But you don't, they put the, don't put that on the billboards. <laughs> Learn how to be a nervous wreck, you know. <laughs> it's always, you know, get yourself a new Lexus, you know, and zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> to the next traffic jam. <laughs> yeah, so you've got to really recognize how you are is exactly how you are. And uh, can you be with that? You can, actually. Uh, and that's that's the beauty. I'm not trying to make it miserable, just to be straight. You can be with that. You can open around that. You can release around that. And when you you generally do, when you don't have any other opportunity, <laughs> when you can't wiggle around it, <laughs> most of, you know we'll, cert we'll let go to a certain extent. But finally, we we let go. We we can't. We haven't got a choice. <laughs> And that's also one of the realities of training. You know, why we make vows, why we are under a discipline. Yeah, because it holds you. And you eat you, you know, go, okay, go. And then you feel, oh, that was worth it. I can. It can happen. That was worth it. So this, you know, tackling the chitta sankara till it stops that reckless push, that grasping, and we begin to enter something, the sphere, the domain of letting go, which is the portal of the deathless, <clears throat> the gate. And the, you know, kaya sankara, relationship between that and the citta, because, uh, you know, they both have a particular, they have a partnership. They both feel. The kaya, body, and uh, jitta are affected by feeling. Feeling is, what's that? It, it flashes, doesn't it? It's like, it flashes and there's a push that comes out of feeling. Pleasure. 
pain. Ooh. Yeah. Pleasure. Oh, that'd be lovely. Pain. Oh, no. That's it. Yeah. That's what feeling does. It pushes. It's a little nudge. And it nudges, and then Sankara picks that nudge up and runs with it. Pleasure. You're right. I'm going to go and get some more of that. You know, get out of my way. Unpleasure. You don't have to. I can't. I'm not going to stand this another moment. You can't do this to me. I'm going to lose my mind rights. You know. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so, feeling, you know, lights, the blue touch paper, boom, Sankara gets running. You know that? Yeah? That's, that's that. And because of what feels, body feels. And uh, mind, chitta is affected by feeling. So when you contemplate, you look at the, the uh, different consciousnesses, you know, no eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, body consciousness, mind consciousness, always lined up like that. Do you, ever, do you see what happens if you run through that list? Do you see the sequence? Why it's lined up like that? Always. Do you see what's happening? in that sequence. That sequence represents represents an increasing intensity. Because with the eye consciousness, you're distant from it. You can see things. They don't necessarily see you. You can sit back and watch things. They don't necessarily you. You can be uninvolved. It's cool, relatively cool, eye consciousness. You can look around and there's always distance. I'm separate from it. That's the impression. It's not very intense at all. Ear consciousness. It's around me, isn't it? Ear consciousness, it's all around me. The the world I'm conscious of in hearing could be near, could be far. It's around me. I'm in the middle of it. It's a little more emotional, more affected, because now I'm surrounded by what I hear. Hmm? Yeah, and it can hear me. I'm surrounded. It's a little more. And what happens with nose consciousness? Something enters me. You get up my nose, as we say. <laughs> it jumps in. It's not around me. It's coming in. Often for a few moments, but it's a very reactive sense, isn't it? Fragrance of flowers, foulness of stench. Ooh, recoil. It's getting more intense. Tongue consciousness. What you taste is going to go down your throat. It's really going to get into you. Body consciousness. Whatever holds you, whatever you touch, there's no distance at all. What you touch, touches you. You better be careful. This is getting rather intense. <laughs> yeah, there's no distance anymore. You can't touch something and not have it touch you. Right? It could be a nice warm blanket on a cold day. It could be sweaty duvet, just too hot. It could be a menacing grip around your throat. It could be a hug. Whatever it is, it could be red hot. 
whatever it is, you jump. There's no distance. This is getting pretty intense. Mind, whatever occurs in mind, not only does it, doesn't just touch it, you become it. It's completely merged. You, You experience yourself primarily as your mind. That's very intense because any thought, any impression, any emotion feels like me. It doesn't feel like something happening to me. It feels definitely like me getting upset. (laughs) And it rushes and it's chaotic. This is very intense. This is increasing line that Buddha is pointing to. Starts off with the soft stuff. Oh, yeah, visual phenomena. Well, yeah, I can let go of that and close my eyes. Yeah. I can maybe plug some wax in my ears. Somebody's doing yoga in the room above my head. I can't stand the noise. And I'll plug some wax in my ears. Okay, get away with that. Right. What about when the cold comes? Yeah, when it gets cold, you sit there shivering. Where are you going to go? Put another coat on. Okay, turn the heat on. Okay, all right. What about when it gets into your mind? (laughs) Where are you going to go? (laughs) Where are you going to run to? Doesn't shut, does it? Day or night, 24 hours, 24-7, it's open and it's it's playing. And it's playing those old programs. Anytime those programs can come up and there you are in them again. This is very intense, yeah? And so it really feels like me. That's, that's the issue. And feeling within those domains, particularly the body domain, the eye doesn't feel, but the mind interprets the eye's impression and gets delighted by a sight. Gets irritated by a sound, but it's the mind that does it. Yeah. So the mind feels and the body feels, and the effect of feeling is this flash and push. Flash push, flash push, flash push. That's going on, right? In your mind, in your body. Popping around. Often not too difficult, but still churning. And sometimes when things are hurt words, painful memory, where are you going to go to? That feeling is pushing into your mind and the sankharas, the weeping, the grief, the agitation, resentment, the feeling of fear, anxiety is there. So, okay. You're pinned. Where are you going to go to? Right? That's the problem of consciousness, of sense consciousness. The Buddha said it's like being stabbed with spears or shot with arrows. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, this, uh, you ha- this, you you can come out of this. You can turn away from this. You can steady it, and you steady it. Through, through the mind, through development of mind, and through development of body. Development of mind and development of body is how you do it. And you do it because you have to. You have to. Because there's nowhere to run. You have to. And when you cultivate, you know, situations of restraint where there's less wiggle room you see oh yeah you know 
You can't just go for a walk. You can't just have a cup of coffee. You can't just switch something on. You're stuck with this body-mind. Okay? And sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's pleasant. Sometimes it's just dull and boring. And fed up. Sometimes it's elated plans, visions. Oh, I really got to do that when I play the world, save the world tomorrow. And I don't churn, churn, churn. I don't want to sit there and meditate, waste my time. I go around the end of the chain and churn, 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 churn. You know? <laughs> Sitting there. So you know, you've got to do something about it. Cultivation of body. Cultivation of mind. How do you cultivate? Why do you cultivate body? If it's a mental problem. Because body, if it's properly cultivated, can provide the mooring post, the ground, the stabilizer. And also provide, the body knows how to discharge energy. because all that push sends a lot of energy into the system. You get quite heated, or sometimes you feel very heavy, or sometimes you just feel tense and tight, or you feel disoriented. And what's happening is all the the Vedana and the Sankharas is pushing and driving, is churning up energy. And eventually this energy is starting to, you feel bunged up in your head, or you feel fidgety and restless, you're just twitching all the time, and you're... Watch another dang breath, I'm going to go nuts. <laughs> Breathing out. The body knows how to discharge. And mind doesn't, by itself, takes, mind doesn't know immediately. The body knows how to do that. It's just, it is that, just that. Relax, open the hands, open the palms of the hands, open the soles of the feet, relax the jaw, open the temples of the head, the sockets of the eyes, the forehead. Drop your shoulders, loosen your belly. Breathing out. Releasing. And you begin to see that those mental, emotional, or psychological patterns have a body correlative. And when you work on the bodily aspect of it, you know, it, it may not give you clear solutions as to why you feel this way, or what you're going to be like in the future, or what you're going to do with the rest of your life, or why he's a problem, or how you're going to sort this person out, how I'm going to live with him for the next 10 years, and so forth. But it will tell you how to stop suffering. So just, well, for right now, oh, take some of the intensity out. Maybe a bit clearer. Okay, or maybe see, you know, possibly to see things more clearly. This is development of body. And you need to do, we need to do that. Otherwise, what's happening is it's generally just a, a kind of psychological um, tennis match. It's constantly trying to correct yourself. Stop thinking that. I just stop that silly thought. No, you stop. I must stop thinking I must stop that silly thought. Should be more accepting. <laughs> well, how do you do acceptance? I don't know. Acceptance. Oh, that's doubt. No, you shouldn't have doubt either. 
Just let go. Let go. Let go. What? I'm thinking too much. <laughs> How do I stop all this thinking? Perhaps thinking's okay. Oh man, so that's a good way of looking at it. I must remember. Write that down, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be happy, thinking is good for you. Well, that's all right. Maybe we new, no, I could develop a new spiritual program. Thinking is good for you. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Oh, that's another 10 minutes gone. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Only another 40 to go. We'll be out of here. <laughs> So you want to spend your life doing that, just playing tennis matches in your head. <laughs> or it's better to say, this is restlessness, this is ill will, feels like this. And when I feel like that, there's this kind of tension in my chest, there's a gripping in my face. Let's just relax that. Let soften my gaze. Feel loosen my belly. Oh, it's just, things have changed. You've just downshifted the energy that kept all that process going. That's development of body and uh, development of mind, really. One of the ways we develop mind, we develop, again, it's very similar in a way. It's this sense of soft and expressed acceptance. Yes. You know, as you widen your mind, you widen your focus. Whatever arises, it arises. So, <laughs> you know, here it is. So you develop the acceptance and maybe begin to cultivate a sense of self-respect and recognizing that, yes, I am making the effort to accept difficult conditions. This is worthy. I could be projecting onto somebody else by accepting it. This itself is worthy. Let's have a little bit of self-respect with this acceptance. Widen the mind, stabilize the mind, recognize the difference between mind as container and mind as content. Mind as content is this constant churning of emotions, psychologies, thoughts. Mind as container is just the space. Yeah, and Remember that reference yet again, the knowing, the space within which things occur. And if one can properly, fully give attention to the quality of that space, opening, praising it, valuing it, your attention shifts from the content to the container and the content begins to fade because you're not giving it any energy. Wherever you put your attention, you give energy. So the more intensely you attend to your difficulties, in that way, strange enough, you just give them more power. So this is, but this is not, neither is this repressing or neglecting, it's opening, sensing the emotional stuff, the psychological stuff within a space of acceptance. So it's not spacing out. There's a careful balance there, holding one's stuff with a patient, accepting heart, valuing that. And this is, you know, what I have to be with now. And you develop tremendous patience, gut-level compassion, nothing kind of 
pink or whatever, gut, kitchen sink compassion and deep patience. And the sense, wow, everybody gets this. Remember that. There's nothing wrong with you. We all caught the infection. So, and we've all got the cure. Turning away, giving less attention, less fixated, less frazzled, less infatuated with content, dispassion, stilling of sankaras, destruction of craving, the craving to be somebody who's got it together, the craving to be the model person that nobody is, the craving to be the normal that nobody is. If only I was normal, like nobody else is normal. (laughs) There are no normal people. The normal person is you. (laughs) In other words, a container with a lot of content that churns around. That's the norm. And uh, to attain that norm, certain certain powerful quality of craving is being broken up. The craving to be something, to form an image. The container doesn't have an image. It's just that. Yeah. And by and large, what happens for the unawakened, or the firstly untrained mind, the way it copes with this chaos of sankharas, it establishes a kind of super sankara to patrol the mind. Right? It's like, if you can imagine a mental condom being like plasma, you know, or like some jelly churning and gurgling away, and you squeeze it, a little thing pops up into a protuberance that looks at the rest of it. This is called me, this protuberance. And me, in there, is going to sort my mind out. So me watches my mind. This little thing that's erected says, you behave yourself. You shouldn't be that way. Don't shut that one up. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It does a lot of that. Yeah. It's a spin doctor. And uh, this protuberance thinks it's separate from the mind as well. It's actually just something the mind forms to try to manage this uh, rather chaotic experience of feeling and programs and sankharas and perceptions and hits and sensations and choices and so forth. Somebody's got to manage it. And so you, this thing pops up. And that thing gets pretty busy because after a while it, it doesn't, it feels it should be something effective, good at its job. And uh, other people tell it that way. They say, you should behave yourself. All right. You shouldn't have those nasty thoughts. Okay. Uh, you should be happy. Okay. <laughs> So this goes into that little thing, that me thing. It's like, right, 
Okay, guys, shut up. You're supposed to be this. Look, stop that. You're supposed to be this. Can I get one of those? Come on. If you can't get one, kind of fake one. <laughs> so it's this constant kind of thing that everybody's... So you eventually, everybody's around, I'm fine, you're fine. Yeah, we're all fine. We're all happy here. Everybody's fine. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm fine. Yeah, good day. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, liars. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's, the, that's the currency, isn't it? Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, you know, you can manage. One can manage most of the time. Most of the time one can manage. Just keeping stuff down, you know, pushing stuff aside. Uh, you know, a little bit of feel-goods to keep the, keep the troops happy in there. And uh, the, so that, that thing arises. But it's, it's, once it's arisen, it starts to kind of need to an identity. And it starts to assume it is something. And it starts to want to be something. Yeah. It's called a self-image. We place a lot of hope on that. And we expect a lot of it. And it's really just the kind of a, a system trying to you know, make, make the life, mind manageable. And it most people do a good bit most of the time, but sometimes you just can't. Uh, you know, it just you get these breakdowns occur. Self system can't manage it. You know, it just breaks down. Pressure, stress, grief, bereavement, panic, chaos. And then this isn't just chit chat that's happening in your mind. This is major floods of emotion, and they're not even verbal. It's just this, yeah. And uh, some of it, shock, trauma. And it gets to the point, very intense, it can be so intense that, that what occurs is the mind just basically blacks out, cuts off. You get breakdowns, people don't even know where they are, what's happened. So this is going a little bit more deeply than just the bit of mental chit-chat. And these programs, this gets established. So, I mean, I talk to people who've been raped, you know, and they just never feel safe. It's not, the, not a conversation going in there, it's just a constant sense of nervousness. And it's not verbal. It's just a feeling of threat. Constantly there. People who've been abused as children never feel safe, never feel they're right, something wrong with them all the time. There's nothing verbal going on. This is the stuff that doesn't speak, it just becomes you. You becomes you. You become the unloved. And we believe in it. And we so believe in it that we don't even know. That we love. You know? Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of tragic when you see it in others. You see people living in a cloud of gloom and self hatred, thinking that other people don't like them. And they're not, it's not verbalized, it's just this kind of a, a certain crushedness of heart. And you wonder, why? 
and uh, then you maybe find out. Yeah. And it's not like it's somebody's fault. It's just we just got a big hit of ignorance, either somebody else's ignorance uh, dumped on us. <coughs> Tragedy we just weren't capable of managing. Suicides, bereavements, things like that. Mind just collapses. Self can't handle it. So it just shuts down. And then you have these patterns get stuck in the body. Fear patterns, guilt patterns, shame patterns. Yeah. And uh, that's why some things can't be dealt with just through listening to noises of what's in your head because some things don't speak. They just freeze you in your throat. They just grip you in the belly. And they happen. And you wonder, what's that? And you don't know because it's got no voice. And this is why you develop body. Because in your body you can feel those pressures and closing, the skin closes, the face withdraws, the shoulders hunch, something's happened. And you come back to sitting, spine, presence, opening. Feel what you feel. And then that thing begins to speak. Probably speaks in strange moods and feelings. And that's, uh, you work it out. <coughs> that's how it works out. Yeah. And you realize, you know, in, in uh, a generation of people infected with ignorance, on fire with craving, uh, you know, the political situation, bombs being dropped, racial discrimination, violence towards other people. There's a lot of damage, you know, a lot of damage done. And you just can't think your way out of it. It, it goes deeper than that. It gets under your skin and, and becomes you because it becomes your mind and it becomes you. And then as it becomes you, you start doing the same thing to other people. <laughs> you know, you, you, you transmit the disease. You don't want to. But if your dad beat you up, the likelihood is you're going to beat your kids up. <laughs> or something. You know? Because you haven't been able to handle rage and frustration. Nobody showed it to you. Yeah. If you weren't able, your dad or your mum wasn't able to handle their stuff, the likelihood is you got infected with that. And so on 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 and so on. But there is an end to this. Otherwise, one would be cruel to point it out. But to not point it out makes practicing a bit facile, really. You know, there's something deeply to be changed and transformed here. So, though it sounds kind of ethereal, dispassion, say, destruction of craving. That sounds kind of, it's actually, it comes down to the specific details of what one's desperation's around, what one's hunger's around, the personal details of what sankaras are firing. Then it becomes suddenly very uh, real and personal and intense. This is kind of what we live in. And restraint, 
is a big part of that, just the ability to hold one's stuff. And if you can't hold it, you know, you have to expand your space and find a way you can. If you can't hold it sitting, you do it walking. And um, remembering, <clears throat> what does it take to turn the sankhara, the propulsion forward, or the propulsion to get away, or the propulsion to blame somebody, or the propulsion to blame oneself, or the endless rehearsal of one's wounds and blemishes, or the endless self-criticism, what it take to turn that around, the endless fantasizing, the endless feeling of something wrong with me that could be made right if I got something. What does it take to turn that around? You, know, you have to stop, restrain it. You know, this is not self, this is a sankara. No sankaras arrive at Nibbana. They do not go that way. <laughs> and you're not going to get off the hook until that has dropped. And when that drops, it's not that you will feel then empty. You will feel joyful, full, free, happy. Those who are tethered by restraint have broken the shackles of craving. Those who are not restrained, seemingly free agents, are driven by craving. This is, turns it upside down, doesn't it? All the people who are keeping precepts tethered down, oh, look at that, so restrained, you know, held, held. These are the ones, this is where craving is going to break. <laughs> and there's freedom in that. All the people running around, making lots of money, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that, they're the people who have got the hook of craving right down their gullet and it's pulling around. What you see is not people, you see sankharas pulled around by craving. There's nothing to envy uh, about people who are getting their own way. You think, uh-oh, uh-oh, she's getting her own way, uh-oh. There's going to be a bill to pay in a few, <laughs> in a little while. <laughs> There's death for a start. <laughs> yeah. So just you know, contemplate these things, develop that restraint. Remember it. It's not. It's at first to, to desire. It's painful. To sankaras, it's humiliating. But for liberation, you think, oh, oh, thank you. Helped get that hook out of my jaw. <laughs> yeah. And then we feel that sense of uh, release from these pressures in our bodies and in our minds. Turning away, losing interest, not buying into the glow messages. <laughs> the passion messages, the insidious messages of the aggregates of form, feeling, you know, perception, sankharas, fed up with it, nibida, enough, yeah, enough already, turning away. This is peaceful, this is sublime. This is the stilling. 
This is what the entry into the deathless. And no one has entered the deathless has ever regretted it. Said, oh, dang it, I was having such a good time. <laughs> now I've gone and gone at this deathless stuff. <laughs> Can't go and party anymore like I used to. They never say that. They say, oh, it was a relief. <laughs> this is peaceful, this is sublime. So therefore, yeah, please uh, make use of this special time, how special it is. Yeah. And uh, it's made special because of the numbers of you. And the, the, the commitments and the purposes and the intentions and the experience you're bringing in here and the challenges that you meet just by being in a group. Yeah? The rough stuff is as, is as valuable as the smooth stuff. The rough stuff is showing, oh, it's getting rough. Good, you must be getting somewhere. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, learn the message, turn it around. This will be for your long-lasting welfare and happiness. Andamayang Dhammagata Sadukarang Dadamase Sadhu 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 Ah